Hey, this is Melissa, creator and founder of Femtrepreneur, and you're listening to Fem Radio. Don't forget to subscribe to the Fem Radio podcast wherever podcasts are found so that you can be notified when each episode goes live. Juliana Featherman is the founder and CEO of Making Authentic Friendships, an interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and over and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, diagnosis, interests, and geographic location. Making Authentic Friendships, MAF, are her brother Michael's initials. Michael has autism and ADHD and has always been a bit lonely due to his lack of friends, so Juliana set out to change this. Making Authentic Friendships is currently serving users worldwide in 45 states, 22 countries, and six continents. You can access Making Authentic Friendships by going to www.makingauthenticfriendships.com. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Hey, Fem Radio, this is Melissa, your host, and I'm here with Juliana Featherman. Hello, Juliana. So I'm super excited to have you with us because you are like, you know, and I hate commenting on age, but I feel like in your case, it's so important. You're a young gun, like really working your way up the ladder. And what you're doing is so, so incredible. And your story is amazing. And I'm just really, really hyped to have you on the show. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. Um, You know, I mentioned your age. So tell us how old you are. Where'd you go to college? I am 23. Um, I went to Sacred Heart University for undergrad and grad school. I just finished grad school in May, so I've been out less than a year, and I have my MBA, and I am the founder and CEO of Making Authentic Friendships. You have your MBA. I actually got mine too as well about a year ago. So I would love to talk about that experience because I took a year off. Like I went right into the workforce and then went back and got my MBA. But for you, you went right in after your undergrad, correct? Yes. Wow. How how was that decision? Was that like a no-brainer for you or did you really have to think about it for a bit? Um, It was a no-brainer for me. I didn't think I would want to go back if I took a break. Mm-hmm. And now that I am you know, like six or eight months out, I still stand by that. And I think I definitely would be kicking myself (laughs) if I had to go back at this point. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I mean, I'm happy with the decision, but it is different for everyone, you know, and I think for some people, the break is necessary. And for others, it's easier to just go straight through. Yeah. So normally on Femme Radio, I'll focus a little bit on the overview of a guest before I, you know, dive right into their business. But your business really describes a lot about your life. So I want to get right into that. So what is Making Authentic Friendships? So Making Authentic Friendships is um, a mobile app. Well, it's not a mobile app yet. (laughs) Right now it's a web app that helps children and adults with special needs make friends. It connects them based on their age, diagnosis, interests, and geographic location. And it is inspired by my brother, Michael. He's 21, two years younger than me, and he has autism and ADHD. And in college, I was the president of the Autism Club, which is kind of like where I realized that this is like my passion, that I really wanted to work in this field and really help the cause. So I did start my business while I was in college. It was my junior year, I believe. And yeah, it's been quite the ride. And, you know, I definitely have a lot of respect for anyone who does what I do because 
um, I think it's even easier for me in a lot of ways because I do live it um, day to day. So, you know, content and things like that, just it's my life. So it's like kind of weird. So it makes it a little easier for me, but it definitely isn't easy by any means. And um, definitely have a lot of respect for anyone who does this because it's definitely really difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, to be the president of the autism club, I mean, that in itself is is pretty incredible. You know, the schedule the, of a college student is already, you know, hectic as it is, but now you're taking on being the president of a club like that. So what was, you know, obviously in your, your brother having the diagnosis as well, but what was the driving factor behind you sort of thinking about this idea? Like, what did you see as that pain point in your brother's life? Basically, it started with me being the president of the autism club, because at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I had changed my major a bunch of times and still didn't feel I knew. And it was junior year. So I was getting like, stressed out. <laughs> like, I'm like, I need to decide. Um, so then when I really sat down and thought about it, I thought about how being the president of the autism club is really the only thing I truly love. And it, it was so much work, but it didn't feel like work because I just like love doing it. Yeah. Um, so I figured that, you know, there has to be something to that. So at that point, I picked up a business minor. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do business. And it was a total like, wing, like I just wung it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that was very interesting um, at the time, but I didn't know how I was going to make it into a business. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking about how I can help my brother. And I started thinking through things in his life that are missing, um, parts of his life that were unfulfilled. And I decided once I figured out what that could be, um, then I would make a business out of it. And then I could be like the president of the autism club in the real world. Yeah. Um, so I started thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, and one day it came to me that friendship is something that really lacks in his life and it makes him really lonely. And that just brings up a whole nother set of issues that he doesn't need, um, where he's like depressed that he's, he's depressed about his differences already, but yeah. knowing that he doesn't have friends and doesn't have plans just makes it worse. So that really, um, drove that home for me. And once wow. I thought of that idea, I knew it was like the idea I was waiting for. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I just ran with it at that point. And that's when I picked up the business minor and I just kind of started reading books, um, Googling everything and just started teaching myself everything that I could learn. Um, and just wrote a business plan and I was really naive. <laughs> uh, I was really naive until recently, honestly. Um, I'd say like one, like the whole time I ran my business while I was still in school, it didn't really feel like a lot of pressure because I was still in school. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I'm out of school, uh, the past eight months, I feel like I really had a reality check with like how naive I was. Um, cause it's really hard, yeah. you know, once you're in the real world and you have to like make your own, you know, you have to bust your butt, not only for the business, but in order to pay yourself and to, in order to make a name for yourself. And yeah. I really didn't feel that until recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that went. <laughs> I yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. And it's it's funny because that your your experience is very similar to 
other entrepreneurs experience, right? Where they have this passion and they just put their head down and they like work on this idea and they build this idea. But then once you really get into that mode where you're like, all right, now I need to fund and now I need to jump into how do I build this app and really get this out there. That's sometimes where they're like, oh, damn, like, you mean I, it's, I can't just come up with this amazing idea that's going to help so many people and have it just be something that, you know, it makes sense. So why do I have to work so hard to get this funding? Why do I have to work so hard to get this pushed across when it just makes sense? Um, and that's how I feel about your product. It just makes sense. So, you know, step one, obviously you did a, a ton of research, um, and you really put your, your, you know, thoughts to paper. You wrote your business plan, but how did you determine that this concept would actually resonate with people? So that really started, well, at the beginning, I just had no idea what I was doing, obviously. And I, you know, I thought it was a great idea. And I knew that since I live with someone with autism and know the population so well that it was a good idea. But obviously, I had to get it in front of other people to see if it was, you know, just a me good idea or like an actual good idea. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I kind of sat with the idea for a while. I'd say like six to eight months. I just kind of like had the business plan, had the idea. But, you know, I was still in college. I was the president of the autism club. I was the captain of the cheer team. I just had so much going on. Um, You know, got to keep my grades up. I had scholarships to keep up with. So it was kind of back burner. Um, But then by my senior year, I decided to really get serious about it. And that's when I started building my social media presence, specifically with Instagram. And that has been like the best thing I ever did because, right, I mean, now I have almost 11,000 followers on my business account. But I remember the day I sat down, like I I had made the account previously, but I got like really overwhelmed about growing it because I would see all these other accounts that had 5,000, 10,000. I'm like, okay, that's never going to be me. Like, how Mm. am I going to get from 10 followers right now to like be one of these people? Um, So for a while, I was like, kind of like, down on myself, like I'm never going to be them. But then one day I was just like, you know what, like, if I bust my butt, I can be them. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that'd be such a great way to just first see how people respond to the idea. um, But also build a community around what I was trying to do. And that's exactly what I started doing. And when I tell you every single day since the day I made that decision, I have not stopped with like, you know, putting out content and just learning how to do the social media thing. I mean, I thought I knew how before then, of course, as like a millennial, but the (laughs) business side of it is so different. Um, So from them to now, I have just learned, obviously, how to just use it the way it's supposed to be used for business. And I just have grown so much. And I really do. I have a huge community now. And I speak to people so much. They're like my friends, but I've never met them um, from other states, other countries. You know, they're across the world. I probably never will meet them. But I just have great relationships with, you know, other people who run nonprofits and people with special needs that I've met. And yeah, so um, sorry, I'm totally getting off track. But. No, it's 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 perfect. <laughs> you well, that's an amazing use case, right? You turned your social media almost into a proof of concept. Exactly. Yep. That's huge. Um, and that's it's such a like such a beautiful way to use social media, which you know, to be honest, get such a bad name sometimes. But that's a great way to really get a better idea. Like, are people going to resonate with this product? Are they going to buy into the messaging and the mission? I think it's such a a great way to build that that community. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And um, like I said, at the time, that was more of my thought, just about getting in in front of people who could be possible customers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I did prove the concept that way because so many people would message me and say what a great idea it is and how much it would help their son, their daughter, their cousin. Um, and messages like that always were just pouring in. And I really didn't get much like negative feedback at all and still don't. I'm very fortunate. Wow. Um, but yeah, that basically proved to me that it was a good idea and that I should pursue it. And then from that point on, it was just, you know, I knew that it's something I had to do. And to this day, I mean, my friends and family members will ask me like, you know, maybe you should just get a full time job and like, <laughs> you know, secure some funds and do the normal thing. But I just feel that this is my calling and I can't see myself doing anything else. So yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to. I love that. I love that. So I have, you know, I'm just curious because you are, you know, you are 23. So did you have a mentor in this process or are you just really like on Google, you know, blazing, <laughs> blazing away? <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. So initially I really learned a lot from Google and reading. Um, and to this day I still read so many books about other entrepreneurs, other businesses, um, and I really learned a ton from those things. Um, and yeah, just Googling anything I didn't know. Um, and then I also crowdfunded with iFundWomen, which is one wow. of like the early ways I raised money. And that was a really get, like, good turning point for me because not only do you crowdfund on the platform, but you also get a community of like women who are mentors to you. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I mean, they're, they're a lot bigger now, but when I did it, they were kind of a startup as well. Um, and the CEO and I have a relationship, we still do, um, and she's really great. And from like that time to now, we still talk and, you know, the people at Women really did become like mentors to me. Um, and I had a marketing video made through them and everything. So they definitely um, were people I went to for advice and stuff. But I really never had like an actual mentor until recently. Um, I have a friend who is an entrepreneur on Long Island where I live. And he has pretty much taken it upon himself to like put me under his wing. <laughs> and awesome. um, he's just been a really huge help to me. Um, he runs like a super successful finance business and he just does it because he wants to give back to something and yeah. he just believes in me and believes in what I'm doing. So I'm really fortunate. Um, and it really has changed the game for me because he has definitely pushed me to, you know, out of my comfort zone and to help me with the things I'm not so good at. Yeah. Um, but just in general, like having mentors is important. And of course, since the beginning, my family, my parents have always been, you know, the, my cheerleaders and my dad is in the corporate world. He's a big shot businessman in the corporate world, which is different, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but from the start, I call him my business partner. I mean, he's not actually, but <laughs> technically he is, um, you know, and he just helps me with all my decision making and all of my everything. And when I need to be like, you know, reality checked or anything like that, yeah. he's the one who will do it. Um, I mean, you can't do it alone. I mean, I do the entrepreneur thing where I do do everything alone technically, but you really do need people to like steer you in the right direction and keep you grounded. And, but I think like it comes, you know, yeah. it's like organic for sure. For sure. I'm curious about your campaign on I fund women. So was that something, uh, you know, like what did you have to do to prep for that? What were, what were some of the things you had to do to launch that campaign? Ugh. 
that was some of the scariest times ever um, <laughs> for me as an entrepreneur. Cause at the time I had been like, I wrote the business plan. I had been really serious about it, but not to the point where I like posted publicly, like on my own pages about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my close friends and family knew, but like the public didn't know, you know, wow, and, um, in prepping for the iPhone woman campaign to launch, obviously I went and filmed my marketing video, which was really cool. Um, and it's on my website still. Um, my whole family is in it. My brother and I are mostly in it talking about why, what I want to do is important and why it's necessary and all that and why we were trying to raise money. Um, so that was just a really cool experience. And to this day serves as a really good resource for me to like, let people know what I'm doing. And like I said, the, the community I got with iPhone women was really great. Um, but it was the scariest thing because once I launched that campaign with the video, so like the campaign went live so people could start giving money, but it was like the first time I put out the video and Mm -hmm. really like publicly said what I was doing. Um, and that was like one of the scariest times like to date. Cause I was, I was hysterically crying. (laughs) I like posted it and like closed everything and just like didn't look at it. Cause I'm like, okay, like everyone might hate this, you know? Um, and it actually didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> and um, I went a little viral at that time. I think my marketing video had 70,000 views on Facebook. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it obviously didn't happen. And everyone loved it. And, you know, everyone started sharing it and tagging people in it. It got really far. And, like, to me, that just totally justified what I was doing would, re- like, could help so many people. Yeah. Um, but it was just really scary, like personally, to like finally put it out there, something I had worked really hard on. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I think it's something everyone goes through, you know. For sure. And at the time when you launched that, did you have your web component live or was this a campaign to raise funds to get that live? It was a campaign to raise funds to get it live. Wow. And initially it was a campaign to raise funds to do the actual app. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot has changed in the process, which, you know, I found that obviously that just happened. So initially I was raising money so I could just do the actual app like right off the bat. Yeah. But then I started meeting with a lot of people, in particular people who have made apps before. And someone gave me, someone who has made an app before gave me really good advice. Listen, you should do a web app first because it's a lot cheaper to maintain. Like an actual app is mm-hmm. really expensive. Every time you need to make a change to it, you have to pay like $30 or whatever it is. So, and I knew like putting it out there for the first time, there was going to be a lot of things I would want to change. Yeah. Um, so that's when I decided that maybe that would be the best route for me. And then I do have an investor who paid for that. Wow. Um, so the money I raised on iPhone Woman was more just like marketing day to day, you know, just keeping up with things, going to expos. Um, and now my investor actually paid for the actual development of the web app. It's just really a complicated process because now mm-hmm. I'm again trying to raise money to do the actual app. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely never ends, but I don't regret doing it the way I did because I have made changes like every day. I'm pretty sure it's been launched like six months and I make at least changes every week. Wow. Um, And because people give me feedback, users give me ideas that I'm like, wow, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's such a good idea. Um, And then I just email my developers and I'm like, can we add this? They're like, sure. (laughs) And then they add it. Um, So definitely don't have regrets for doing it the way I did it. Wow. That's yeah, that's awesome. 
I and also too, you know, I I love that you're saying like I have no regrets, like that, you know, it is what it is, right? You're building something and it's yours. So you're the only person who has to answer to you. And the fact that you are incorporating user feedback, that's amazing, right? That's a lot of companies don't really even get to that point until they're already developed. Um right. and, you know, and some entrepreneurs don't really take people's feedback into consideration and that typically ends up being their their demise to a certain extent. Um, but how does making authentic friendships work exactly? Like if I was a user, you know, walk me through this, um, through this experience. It sounds really complicated when I explain it like this, but it's really not, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> um, so basically right now we, we serve users ages 13 to any age, um, with any physical or intellectual disability. So that's not only autism and down syndrome, but we're also talking people who are in wheelchairs, MS, spinal bifida, um, you know, all different types of disabilities that make mm -hmm. someone feel isolated. Um, we're serving that. So you would go to the website, which is makingauthenticfriendships.com, and it's just like a landing page. Obviously, you could read up on my family and I, learn about some of the media we've done, all that. Then at the top right corner, there's a menu where you can either sign in or sign up. And it's just as easy as that. And what's nice about the web app also is it could be accessed on any device. So I'm not sure how familiar you are with like apps in general, but mm -hmm. you have to develop separately for like Android and iPhone. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like on, it's developed on a different platform basically. Yeah. Um, so you would have to pay twice to get the same app developed on a different platform. Wow. Which is like so stressful. <laughs> um, so what's nice about the web app is it could be used on any type of phone. It could be used on a tablet, laptop, anything. Um, so then if you wanted to sign up, top right, you hit sign up. First thing it asks you for is your name, your age. So it asks for your birthday, your zip code. Um, and then it's going to ask you for your diagnosis. And we developed it a lot like a children's app. So it's a lot of like drop down menus. Mm -hmm. um, big buttons, colors, because we wanted it to be like very user friendly, obviously, yeah. and self-explanatory. Um, so it's a drop down menu for everything. So you don't have to like type in anything yourself. So when you get to the diagnosis page, um, it's going to ask you what your diagnosis is. We list like 16 right now. And then there's an other. So if your diagnosis isn't listed, you can type it in. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do make changes based on that as well. Obviously, if we see a diagnosis a lot, then we add it, and we have added some. Um, and then it asks you for your interests. So again, it's a drop down. So it's just like general things, sports, music, games, whatever. Wow. Um, and then the next step asks you for things you would like to do with a friend. You pick three, and those are things out in the community. So like bowling, mini golf, uh, movie theater, restaurant, like things you could do with a friend. Um, and I also forgot in the first step, obviously, we ask for your email because that's how we, like, communicate with the person. Yeah. Um, and also, we ask if the parent is using it, a parent or caregiver is using it on the person's behalf or the individual is using it. God. Um, and then on the map, it's, like, indicated differently, which I'll get to. So the final step is talking about interests and things you'd like to do with a friend. And then once we have all that information... Um, you can create an avatar in the last step. So you can upload a picture of yourself and you can also create an avatar, which is like a Bitmoji. Um, so you would pick the hair color, skin color, clothing, all that. And it's just supposed to be like a fun aspect. So basically, when I initially wrote the business plan, it was just going to be like words on a page. And then I decided that that wouldn't be useful. 
So then I change it to work like a game. Um, so the way it is now, it you have an avatar that looks like you, and then you see all your friends on a, on a map, and then you can like click around, and it's like interactive. Um, and I'm hoping once we develop the actual app, it could be even more interactive. Um, so then once you're done with that, there's terms and conditions you have to sign in order to make a profile, obviously saying that you are who you say you are, and then at that point, you can see the map. And then on the map, you see, right now, you see everyone, so all the users we have. Um, the algorithm is built to match you based on your name, I mean name, your age, diagnosis, interest, and location. Um, but since we're building the database right now, there might not be like that many people show yeah. up if we use that algorithm. Got it, um, got it. So right now we do show everyone um, and you could zoom out. And so like I'm on Long Island. So when I like log in as I'm an administrator, obviously, but when I log in, I see it's like zoomed into Long Island, but I could zoom out and see the whole country, the whole world even. Wow. Um, and, you know, then at that point, it's right now up to the user to click around and decide who they want to talk to. Um and like I said, you just put your mouse over the dropper and then it'll tell you the name, the gender, the age, um, the diagnosis, the interests, and you'll see their avatar. And then you decide if you want to chat with them or not. Um, wow. So, yeah, right now it's more like there's more to do right mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you do the actual app and have way more people, it's going to be more like the app does everything for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but then... If you decide you see someone you want to chat with, at that point you can chat with them. It's a big button right at the bottom that says chat. And in the chat, there's conversation prompts built in, which is my favorite part of the app. Um, so that's like a big struggle for my brother and a lot of people like him. They can't like make conversation. Yeah. So there's conversation prompts built in. So initially there's like, hi, my name's so-and-so. How are you? What did you do today? Like general ones. Um, and then as the conversation goes, like, they would change. Um, and then once we do the actual app also, they're going to be, like, more specific to interests and also time sensitive. So, like, the Super Bowl is this weekend. So, like, we like the app would know that and it would say, oh, if, if they both like sports. And the conversation prompt might be, oh, are you going to watch the Super Bowl this weekend? Wow. And there's also other safety precautions taken within the chat. Um, so that's monitored from the back end. There's a, a lot of words and phrases that aren't even allowed to be typed on the app. That's like any bad words, any sexual words, anything inappropriate. Um, you can't even type. And then if there's like any threatening or inappropriate phrases that do get through, then those get flagged and like administrators get notified and then we can investigate into that. Um, wow. and Every user also has the ability to report the other user. So if anyone feels, you know, threatened or uncomfortable in any way, then they can report a user at any time. And then at that point, we would, you know, take whatever action was necessary. So, yeah, it sounds really complicated. Oh, and then I forgot to tell you how we decipher between users. So there's like a, a key and like there's different colored droppers. So the droppers on the map look like Google Place droppers. Mm -hmm. Um and all the users are blue, and then if a parent or caregiver is signed up on someone's behalf, they're purple. And we just added the feature where parents can sign up as parents to meet other special needs parents. Oh, wow. Uh, so parents and caregivers are purple, and administration is yellow. That's just me and my developers. And your friends are orange, I believe. So people you've chatted with um, would be orange. And, yeah, so that's how you could decipher between the people. 
That's amazing. It sounds like you've thought of so much for this particular rollout. Like what you guys have so far is, it's, it's a lot. Like you've got a lot to offer. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. So what, I mean, like what's next for Making Authentic Friendships? Like what is the goal for, for this year and in the future? Uh, I've got a lot of goals, but of <laughs> course it all depends on money and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I'm behind on my goal to actually develop the app because of the money situation. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping in the next few months that that'll be sorted out and I'll be developing the app. Um, it really won't take that long because we can use a lot of the aspects from the web app. Yeah. Um, so it should only take like two to three months to actually get the app out. Um, so I'm hoping in the next like six months tops to be doing that. Um, and then adding obviously some of the things I've talked about into the actual app. Um, the end goal is to actually have people meeting in the community, um, which is why we ask you what you'd like to do with a friend. That way, if two people match and they both said that they like to go bowling, then the app would actually tell you, like, oh, there's a bowling alley that's, like, neutrally located. Wow. Um, so that's, like, a goal, obviously. And as the database builds, also to actually use the algorithm. Yeah. Um, but we have 400 users right now in 30 states, 12 countries, 5 continents. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty, like, widespread right now. So I'm pretty happy. And yeah, so my main goal is just to develop the app and also put out more resources. So once we do the actual app, we're going to have like more like social skills, building modules kind of Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for like the users to engage in, work on their social skills. So I really want it to be at that point also more of like a learning tool um, so that they could build confidence, build social skills. also learn about internet safety so there'll be like modules and stuff on the actual app for them to like learn about all that stuff and hopefully grow um but yeah i mean i've obviously been doing this for a long time and plans don't go as planned in this business so who knows you know that's very impressive I look forward to watching this journey as it unfolds because I, I mean, I read, I read about you. I believe it was in like my local patch because I'm also from Long Island. So we have the little, the Long Island connection. But I remember like reading the article and I'm like, wow, this is actually like a, a very good idea. And to me, it would make sense that there would be investors, you know, high and low. So I feel like, Hopefully with this podcast too, we can use it to get the word out and to really get people on board because I think it's a necessary product. And I do have, you know, a family member of mine that also is autistic and I, you know, firmly believe that this would help him and and especially help my aunt as well as she continues to provide care for him in the way in which he needs it. Um, So this is a very near and dear to my heart as well. Um, But I wanted to know, so do you have any additional pieces of advice, anything that maybe you've learned along the way that, you know, you wish you had learned a little bit sooner or, you know, any, any advice for any listeners who are looking to maybe start an app of their own or to really engage in something like this? Oh, I don't know where to start, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I have learned so much. I have grown so much. Um, You know, one of the things is obviously it sounds cliche, but if you have a dream and like there's something you love to do, like just do it. Like obviously I like take the L on some things with like I could I have my MBA, so I could be I could have like a really high paying like corporate job right now probably. Um, 
but I just don't want that, you know? And so many people always question me about that. And at the end of the day, I am choosing to be happy and do what I love instead of doing what society says I'm supposed to do. Um, and even like my best friends and people close to me judge me for that. But um, definitely just, you know, do what you want to do and listen to your gut. And this is what my gut tells me I should be doing. Therefore, I'm doing it. And the people who mean the most will support you. Um, also, I learned that money is definitely like in the beginning, I thought that was going to be my biggest kind of obstacle. But mm -hmm. I've learned along the way that there's so much money out there. Um, there really is. And you can find ways to get money, like whether it's crowdfunding, investment, you know, VCs, angel investors, loans, there's just so many things you could do. Um, so I've learned along the way that it's a renewable resource. And you know, if there's a will, there's a way and you can get that money through you. And oh, I was gonna say that I'm not like big, per se, but like, I'm a lot bigger than I was when I started. And like, I just hope that if people do listen to this and like are inspired or like they want to do something that they, you know, are scared to do, like definitely reach out to me. I pr pride myself on answering literally everyone. I answer everyone that messaged me on my business account and on my personal account. And like, you know, I just, you know, this is recording. This is going to be on recording. But no matter how big I ever get, like I always want to be that person where people can like talk to. Um, so definitely reach out to me if you need advice or encouragement. I would be happy to talk to you. I love that. I love that. So, and I'm sure our listeners will take that. <laughs> will take you or your word as bond. Um, but so I want to dive into um, one of my favorite questions that I ask that really pertains to Femme Radio and our brand. Um, so I wanted to ask you, who embodies the word femme to you? And we use that, you know, we use this word to really describe that trailblazing person and all around ally who really strives to attain a level of success, but bringing others along with them. And I want to know who, who sort of pops into your head um, when I say that. This is easy for me, which if anyone who follows me on either of my accounts probably will know what I'm going to say. Um, Ellen. Yes. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres is like my like end all be all like if you follow me you know that I spend my life trying to get her attention because <laughs> um, I truly feel that what I do and what she tries to do every day like align and I yeah. think we would be great friends and we will be friends also mark my words on that um, but yeah I just think she is the best she gets to change people's lives every day and make the world a better place which is all I want to do um, and you know with everything going on in society, like her being a lesbian, um, you know, definitely is another way she trailblazes for yeah. other people to just be who they are and, you know, don't let anyone else's opinion steer you away from that. And I just love her and I hope one day soon she'll love me too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I firmly believe it. I mean, I, I truly, I'm right there with you in a sense of that what you're doing really does align with what she does every single day and what she really prides herself on. So it's only a matter of time, girl. I know it. I feel it for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't say too much, but I'm, I'm getting closer. So yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. I look forward to seeing that pop up on my Instagram. <laughs> oh, trust me. It, it will. <laughs> So speaking of Instagram, where can our listeners follow you and the Making Authentic Friendships journey on social media? 
Well, my business is at Making Authentic Friendships, which I never said is M-A-F, which stands for my brother's initials, Michael Andrew Featherman. Oh, my God. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's like amazing. One thing I usually say like first and I forgot. Um, so, yeah, at Making Authentic Friendships on all platforms. And my personal is at Juliana Featherman, which, you know, that's my name. So, <laughs> Wow. I'm so stuck on this acronym. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I actually picked the name off of the acronym. Like, I wrote down my brother's initials and then figured out how I can make the words make sense for my business because I wow. wanted it to be that way. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I loved hearing about your story. I love hearing about this product. I can't wait to see all of the goals that you just, you know, crush in 2020 and beyond. And I can't wait to see you on Ellen this year. <laughs> Yes, here. I feel it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Do you know any trailblazing females that you think we should be featuring? Send us an email at femt at gmail.com. That's F-E-M-M-E-T-E-E at gmail.com. As always, thank you for your support as we strive to promote the growth of diverse women in all industries. Hashtag get femmed.